Mecham Auctions, the world's largest collector car auction company, returns to Indy with Dana Mecham's 37th Original Spring Classic, May 10th through the 18th at the Indiana State Fairground. 3,000 muscle cars, Corvettes, exotics, and more. Broadcast on Motor Trend TV and streaming live on Max. From avid collectors to those new to the Mecham experience, we welcome everyone. Register to bid now at Mecham.com. The Indy 500 is come and gone, and honestly, as uh, racing savant Kurt Darling has pointed out, this thing had something for everyone. Tony Katz, good to be with you. Kurt Darling joins us right now from the WIBC newsroom. And let's start uh, at the end. This ending, bringing it back to the green as opposed to uh, just finishing the race. Finishing the race as it was, Marcus Erickson is a two-time champion back-to-back. Going back to the green... It's Joseph Newgarden with a crazy cool pass. Um, How should this have gone down, Kurt? It should have gone down exactly as it went down, Tony. I mean, here's the thing. I was talking with Nick Yeoman of the IndyCar Radio Network after the uh, race had come and gone yesterday, and, you know, he made a comment to me about how here's the deal. They made the red flag initially, the first red flag at about the at lap with, with 15 laps to go after the Kirkwood crash. Well, then they call the red flag again for the second crash and then the third crash again. So... The way that IndyCar approached this is basically they were consistent. If you're going to throw the red flag for one crash in that particular stage of the race, then throw the red flag for the rest of them as you're trying to get a green flag finish. If you're not going to throw the red flag that first time, then just keep the caution flag out and let the and let the laps wind down and end the race under caution. Now, a lot of people you know, have to remember that in IndyCar, you can end a race under caution, but over the last couple of years or so, IndyCar has made every effort to try and get green flag finishes, and they did that again here this time. So you look at this and you say, this is the right move, this is the right uh, procedure, and people, it seems, are happy with the result. They're happy seeing a New Garden. They're happy. I think they're kind of happy seeing an American win. They're happy seeing New Garden win. They're happy seeing him run into the stands like a freak. I mean, this wasn't just climbing <laughs> the fence. He literally ran into party with the fans, which I haven't seen before. Um, is as far as results go, not just how this race ended, but the whole day. This this was all sorts of 2016 vibes. There are numbers 325,000. I think that number is low in terms of the number of people who were there. Do you have a better calculation than that? No, not not to my knowledge, Tony. Uh, the, in, IMS is usually pretty tight-lipped about exact numbers when it comes to attendance. I mean, they were pretty happy to advertise that they were over 400,000 people for the 100th running back in 2016 because, you know, 400,000 people, that's the highest attendance that they've ever had for the race. But they have said that this is the 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 highest attended Indianapolis 500 since the 100th running but you know you're right Tony as far as New Garden's celebration going into the stands that is certainly unique I didn't see that coming by the way I didn't even think he could actually get through the fence right there but he did and that was really really cool to see and plus it's his 12th time that he's tried that ties him with Tony Kanaan for most attempts, second most attempts in Indy 500 history before getting the win. Sam Hanks back in 1957 is the only one who beats them at 13 starts. So there was that really cool storyline of him finally conquering the mountain to get that win. And yeah, it, in, in my opinion, it was it was a very entertaining race, probably just as entertaining as last year. 
go back to how this thing ended and get into the conspiratorial. <laughs> None of this was decided to happen. No one, no one decided that this is the way it had to be and that you had to bring it back uh, to the green in order to ensure uh, that the captain, uh, Roger Penske, got his win. It didn't. It didn't. It didn't work like that. There's. There was. Okay, people. Let's just get this right there right now. There was no rigging of the Indianapolis 500. It did not happen, and that's just the way it is. Now, uh, I've been seeing a lot of uh, comparisons, Tony, to the end of the uh, Formula One season back in uh, 2021 when uh, Formula One basically rewrote their own rules in the final minutes of that final race of the season just to facilitate an interesting finish between Lewis Hamilton and Max Verstappen for the world championship that year. That did not happen this time. There were literally no rules broken at all. IndyCar has the discretion to throw the red flag whenever they see fit to try and get a green flag finish. That is in the rule book, and that is exactly what they did for the 500 this time. Kurt Darling, look, I appreciate it. I'm just asking. I, I am relaying to you what the people are saying. Oh, I know, I know. I've been and seeing what, it. And what some of the people are saying, and, and I'm quoting here. <laughs> that's what some of the people are saying. But you don't see, you don't think that in the end the real fan base is saying that. They're looking at this saying this was a nuts, yeah. insane race that was pretty much flawless until crash after crash after crash after finish. Well, yeah, and Tony, that's proven by the fact that I could literally hear the crowd through the thick media center windows and walls on the third floor while I was there on the front straight of people going absolutely insane at the fact that they were going to get basically a two and a half mile drag race to see who would win the who would win this race. It was nuts. It was entertaining. It was fun. And uh, it's like I said, every effort that you can possibly do and get to get a green flag finished. Now, the only person who's not happy about this is Marcus Erickson, and rightfully so. I mean, he was in the lead with the final, but going into the final lap, not where you wanted to be in that particular particular situation. And the red flag ended up costing him the race, but that's racing. Bottom line is this: it was an entertaining finish for the average racing fan, and as far as I can tell, everyone loved it. Was there something special about the hundred and seventh running? Meaning, when we look to next year. The the weather played a huge part in this. Weather for for qualifying was perfect. Weather for 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 the weekend was perfect. It got people excited. Brought actually more people out to the track. They're like, it's gorgeous out. Let's just go. It'll be fun. A lot of that did happen. Was this weather based, or did some ha, has IndyCar, which has been turning a corner, if you will, to pardon the pun, for the last few years, have they turned another one where it's like, you know what? We're, we're, we're back to the party. There's no question. There's no conversation. There's no COVID. There's no waning interest. This is the party of the year. Make sure you're there. That's basically it, Tony. Um, And obviously, the weather was a big bonus card that Indianapolis Motor Speedway was able to uh, play on race day. So, you know, yeah, you had slight overcast skies, a little bit hazy, but still just enough sunshine to make it fun. And the temperatures were good. But also, the racing product has just been getting a lot better, too. They're still tinkering with their aero package for super speedways to make Make the racing a lot more tight and a lot more fun. And yeah, if and based on what Doug Bowles has said, things are looking up going into 2024. Kurt Darling, racing savant over there in the WIBC newsroom. I appreciate you taking uh, the time to be with us.